Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Remy Martin. Remy Martin is all about teaming up for excellence. This holiday season, be excellent by teaming up with a designated driver. Remy Martin, please celebrate responsibly. It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some bad. Third down and five on the 25. Wilson back to pass. Crosby in his face. Grabs Wilson around the shoulders and swings him down at the 34. Crosby with his second sack of the game. And the Raiders defense gets a stop. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's big boy radio. You know, playing fast has always been fun for me, and I enjoy it when there's time, and there's a time and a place for it. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back. Hour number two of the show. Greg Bedard joining us, the Patriot Insider, momentarily. We got a big show lined up. Also, Vinny Bonsignor this hour. I want to get to Chris in West Oakland right out of the gate. He's been waiting over the top of the hour. Let's light up the show. Chris, what do you got going into this one? Hey, JT. You know, real quick, you know, you talk about what you want to see this week coming up against the Patriots. And to me, it's pretty much the same with every game. And I wish Coach McDaniels would take notice. Raiders are averaging 31 points a game in their victories. You want to win, you got to go out and score. And, again, I'm not going to sit here and belabor the last game. But you can't blame – I'm here to – listen, Derek Carr has not been great this year. I'll be the first to admit that. But when you allow a guy to throw five passes in the second half, I don't want to hear the blame for the quarterback and Devontae Adams not getting getting targets and the quarterback blowing the game. He wasn't really given a chance to. It's like everything else, JT. We talk about it every week. Come out with some urgency and some pace. You don't want to go no huddle. Get out of the huddle with 15 or 20 seconds. Get your asses up to the line and run a play instead of this lollygagging into the huddle. Out. It's just a sense of urgency. I just Because Josh Jacobs is having a historical year. But it's been my point all along, JC. Historical years running the balls don't equal wins anymore in the National Football League. If you want to play the way the Raiders want to play, you got to have one thing that they don't have. A defense. If Josh McDaniels wants to build this team in his image, that's great. But this year wasn't supposed to be a rebuilding year. If you want to be a running team and rely on the defense, well, then they should have upgraded the defense in the offseason. Instead, they didn't do that. And if he hasn't paid attention, absolutely no lead has been big enough for this team to blow. I don't care if they're up. 16 to 3, I don't care if it's 20 to nothing. They've shown the ability to make the worst quarterbacks look great. How many quarterbacks have had their best day this year against the Raider defense? So if you want to run Jacobs, that's fine. But you better go into the game with the attitude that, hey, we're going to have to score 30 points. Mac Jones isn't great, but again, the Raiders have a way of making Mac Jones look like Tom Brady or Dan Marino. So, Coach McDaniels, I just implore you come out this game. You're playing your mentor. Take no prisoners. If you get up a couple of scores, 
put the pedal to the middle and get up another score or two because that's how you're going to win games. It's proven you're not going to get up a few scores and then try to run the clock right. out and trust the defense because we don't have a defense capable of doing that. Thank you, my friend. I know you've you got Chris. a guest coming up. Thanks for getting me on quick. Appreciate Later. it. Chris and West Oakland, I agree. Step on their throat. Try to score points. You can't hold on to a lead. You've proven you can't hold on to a lead this year. You've got to put teams away. Greg Bedard, kind enough to join us. One of the great insiders in the NFL covering the Patriots for the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, Greg, good to talk to you again. Pretty big one out here in Vegas. Really big for the Patriots as I think they're on a playoff march again. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge game. Um, you know, the Patriots with what they have coming up because after Vegas they have the Bengals coming to town, the Dolphins coming to town, then they have to go to at Buffalo. And they're going to have to, to they're gonna have to get to at least nine victories to have a shot at the playoffs. Ten would be ideal. Um, so you're talking about they, they pretty much have to have this game. Um, they probably have to have this one, which would be victory number eight, and then probably the Dolphins. So, I mean, if, mm-hmm. if they drop this one, they have to win out. So it's almost it's another must-win just like the Cardinals game on Monday night. It's amazing you say that because I saw the same thing with the Raiders. The Raiders blew that game in L.A. if they win. If yep. they beat the Patriots, they're seven and seven, and they actually have a chance to win out, depending on what Kansas City would be yep. playing for here. And the Raiders blew that opportunity. They almost have to be perfect. What happened in that Arizona game in your mind? Kyler Murray going down. It's almost like Belichick got a free roll with Matt Patricia and Mac Jones. They were down in that game at the half, and then Arizona was left for dead. They couldn't get anything going with Colt McCoy and Judon off the edge is blowing everybody away here in Vegas. Yeah, they, um, you know, the Cardinals happened. I mean, you know, (laughs) Kyler Murray goes down, which completely changes the way the Patriots have to play on defense. They always have a ton of trouble with mobile quarterbacks. Um, You know, they've only beaten, the only starting quarterback now after this game that they've beaten is Jared Goff. That's the only one. Everybody else they played and beat the season having backup Are quarterbacks. Are you kidding me? Hold on, hold on a no. second. Everybody they beat yep. this year has been a backup other than Goff? Mitch Trubisky, Sam Ellinger, Colt McCoy, Zach Wilson twice, and wow. there's one more, I think. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah, and because they lost to, they lost all the good quarterbacks. Lamar beat them. Tua's won four straight against them. Um, and, you know, the Cardinals... You know, they have that, that stretch where uh, Cliff Kingsbury goes for it on fourth down. Colt McCoy makes a terrible pass. But if he kicks the field goal there and they go up two scores on the Patriots, mm. I don't know whether the Patriots come back from that. Uh, but he decided to go for it. They didn't get it. The Patriots kicked a field goal before halftime, kicked another field goal coming out of halftime, and now suddenly it's tied. And, you know, the big thing with the Patriots is uh, you need to get them down two scores. Because they have not shown the ability to come back on anybody. They are a disaster on offense. Uh, the past two weeks, all they do is run screen passes. Once in a while, they might take a shot. Uh, they don't run the ball very well. They show no confidence in their offensive line. Um, it's rough. The defense is solid, but the only time Judon and Josh Uche get pressure is when you know there's a lead and the other team has to throw and they, they can pin their ears back a little bit. Greg Bedard is our guest. That's really interesting, fascinating, thrilled that we could have you on, the Patriot Insider. So what do you think of Josh McDaniels knowing 
that Mac Jones threw the most screen passes in his career and won a game because Josh McDaniels, I know, eventually wants to get Renfro going in the slot when he gets him and he wants to elevate the screen game here for the Raiders. How much of a role did Josh McDaniels have, in your opinion, developing Mac Jones? And now Mac Jones is the guy that could knock the Raiders out and keep the Patriots going forward for a playoff berth. Oh, I mean, he had a huge hand in it. I mean, you know, Mac Jones had a good rookie season. Um, McDaniels really managed him tightly. Um, you know, I think I think some of the uh, problems that they had on this team, you know, going to Matt Patricia, going to a defensive coach, I think that Bill looked at it, and really he left the offense up to Josh. Josh was almost head coach of the offense, and mm. Bill – you know, had some input, but not a ton. And I don't think he understood what Josh did and what he had to do to get that offense and Mac Jones to play that way with a rookie quarterback, two new receivers in free agency, two new tight ends in free agency. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a new group together, and they made progress for the most part over the whole course of the season. And I think, I think Mac Jones, you know, loves Josh McDaniels. I think he realizes now in hindsight after dealing what he has this year, how valuable Josh was. I think he, you know, laments that he doesn't, that that didn't continue. And there's no question that Mac has taken a huge step back because Josh isn't here anymore. They, they made a complete departure from the McDaniels offense, went in another direction with a defensive coach and a special teams coach who really had no idea what they were doing. Greg Bedard's our guest, Boston Sports Journal, a great Patriot insider, covers the NFL. So when you see Mac Jones chirping back at the sidelines, most likely at Patricia, that would have never happened with Josh McDaniels. No, 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 it wouldn't have. I mean, you know, you saw Brady and McDaniels get in at at times, but of course that's Tom Brady. But I think, I think, you know, I think that Mac Jones – coming from Alabama where he's coached by Steve Sarkeesian and Nick, Nick Saban, and then coming, he, he's even talked about it. He talked about, you know, after the Bills game, he talked about how he wants to be coached harder. And then he goes on radio this week and talks about how, how hard Josh McDaniels coached him. Josh was the perfect coach for him, got the most out of him as he could as a rookie, and you really look forward to him taking another step in year two. And, you know, that has not happened, you know, and it's not Mac Jones's fault. Greg, what's your analysis of McDaniels and Carr from a distance as you look at the tape now and you're trying to get ready for this game? What do you think is the issue with them? You saw the game against Baker Mayfield, and what do you look at when you see Derek Carr? What do you see? Because you've seen his career through nine years. He's had some big moments. He hasn't had that explosion game this year. Yeah, I, um, I've watched every game on film. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a good experience for me. You know, I like being able to watch what Josh is up to out there, putting in his system and how it's working. So I've seen everything. Um, Carr, you know, in 2019, I covered the Raiders for a season for the Las Vegas Review Journal. And pretty much Carr is in the same place to me as he was back then, where, you know, he, he has stretches where he's brilliant. And um, the Chargers game, I thought he threw the ball outstanding. But every single game, he has stretches where I don't know what it is, but he just he, he, he misses plays. He misses open guys. He doesn't read the defenses right. They go three and out a couple times, and those lulls end up really costing this team. I don't think he's been very good this year. This is my own personal opinion from watching the film knowing, having watched McDaniel's scheme over the years, 
um, you know, I think he's he struggled, and I think he's been a at least part of the problem on why this team, and some of it is defensively also, mm-hmm. they've had their struggles um, as far as just they haven't made the, the, the plays that you need to win games enough. I mean, it's been right there, and I think the fact that they've grabbed leads and played so well early in games shows you the impact of their game planning right. They have the right idea to win games, but at a certain point in time, the players got to do it. And I just don't think that they have enough players there yet. Greg Bedard. Greg, last one, as I've been trying to talk about this all year with the fans here in Raider Nation, and they're hostile at times. They're really wound up, rightfully so. They want to win. The plan that they have in place, which I know of, of Dave Ziegler and what he wants to do long-term and how they're trying to grade this team and scout this team and get the players in that they want compared to the former regime. You see the draft picks of the Raiders the last three or four years. I mean, some of them were train wrecks. So knowing what you know and what you can tell our audience here in Las Vegas about what they could possibly do together that they haven't done yet, what's the optimism for this plan of Ziegler and McDaniels to work going forward? Well, I think they, you're right. They need to start stacking sort of a young level of talent on that team. I think that's mm-hmm. for a big reason why they're in the place where they are. I see this team, and, and you know, I know Raiders fans are frustrated, um, but, you know, hopefully they're a little bit more realistic about last year's team. That Like, you know, last year, just in terms of analytics, they were lucky. Like a lot of just, they won, the analytics guys look at one-score games as a lot of luck is involved. And last year they had luck on their side. And a lot of people even before the season picked the Raiders to regress just for that reason. If the Raiders make a few key acquisitions this year, you know, regression back to the mean for them, a lot of people are going to say they're on the uptick next year. That if you look at this, you know, a few more plays this year, all of a sudden the Raiders are in playoff contention. And, mm-hmm. and I think that I view this team as very similar to Belichick's first season. People look at it, people forget. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick was 5-11 and his first year in New England. He took over a team from Pete Carroll, who every year they're right around 500, 8-8, 9-7, similar to the Raiders. But Belichick came in and knew he had to build things a certain way, and sometimes you need to take a step back. They went 5-11 and that first season. They realized what they didn't have. They brought in a bunch of tough, hard-nosed veterans on defense, not anybody who was great, but who, guys who could execute when it counted, and that's why the Patriots sort of turned things around. I could see the, uh, the Raiders doing something very similar because they're getting there on offense. They haven't even been healthy this year. Yeah. Waller and Renfro and all that. You know, you get those guys back, improve the offensive line a little bit, and then you know, add some tough, hard-nosed guys on defense that you know, can just bend but don't break a little bit better. You know, all of a sudden things are going well in the other direction. Greg, that's about as good of analysis as anyone who covers the Raiders in Las Vegas on exactly what's happening. Look forward to seeing you down the road, hopefully at the Super Bowl. Thanks for doing this today. I know you're a hockey dad. you got a game with your son, so enjoy that moment with him. That's right. Appreciate it, bud. You got it. Greg Bedard. Wow. Hope you enjoyed that. That is, if you look at the two biggest names in the Patriots, it's Greg Bedard and Tom Curran. So I reached out to them a month ago, Tom Curran, tomorrow. Okay, so what he just said there, let's go through that quickly. We saw what happened with Belichick his first year. This is Josh McDaniel's first year. Belichick went five and eleven. They win the Super Bowl. Okay, I talked about this in the past. They had their program in place 
just like Nick Sirianni had his program in place with the Eagles last year and everybody freaked out. Am I predicting that the Raiders will go to the Super Bowl next year? Hell no. But the plan is in place on how to do it. Now, there's a guy who just joined us, Greg Bedard, in Boston. In Boston, been covering the Patriots a long time, that knows exactly, exactly what's going on with McDaniels. He's the guy. That's why I wanted him on. You don't have to agree with him, but he's an elite journalist who covered the Patriots dynasty and knows what McDaniels is trying to do here. That's why I had him on. Now let's see the execution. Now, Greg was very critical of Carr. That guy's a lot smarter than me. He, he's very critical of Carr in the way he's executed this offense and what's happened there. But there are people who are critical of Coach McDaniels on that side and critical of some other players and this and that. That's a really deep dive into what the Patriots look like and what the Raiders could look like. And that's really the optimism I have. Uh, wh- why do you think I'm sitting here? That's the optimism that you have when you're not winning and the plan is not clicking with wins and losses. Is you take a look at it again. And all I can do to balance the show so you don't think I'm a homer, which I can't convince you, even when I'm killing the team like I did in the monologue today, if you're not going to believe that, i got to put guys on the radio like him who's an elite journalist and says, yeah, this is exactly what's going on. Now, Mac Jones has regressed. It would be a shame if Mac Jones came into our building and had a big game. I mean, come on. Give me a break. The only reason why Mac Jones could have a big game is if the Raiders turn the ball over or the Raiders play soft on defense. That's a topic we're going to have tomorrow here because the Raiders are trying to get smarter on defense, and it's hard to do it unless you have a draft and free agency in the offseason. It's hard to do that. So what you have to happen and what we need to see in this next game, in the last game against the Rams on the last drive, the Raiders got an F- minus all time. Not this year. I'm talking going back to Atkinson and Tatum. Going back to the 11 angry men. The history of this franchise under Patrick Graham in that last drive by Baker Mayfield. Unsportsmanlike conduct, pass interference on an interception, press coverage with Webb, who's lucky, you know, he's, take a step back, press coverage with Webb when they didn't need to be in press coverage with Webb. 99 times out of 100, they would have got out of that play and let Webb, when that would have they probably tried to have help for Webb, but they wouldn't have had him in press coverage. They would have had him ten yards deep. How could you not have him ten yards deep if you're playing flag football and it's the last play of the game or the final play of the game? You have everybody at the goal line just trying to keep people in front of you. Uh, the receiver got behind him, so that was an F minus. So as long as you don't have an F or a D or a C minus, you should beat Mac Jones, right? Danny, you're nodding your head. I mean, you're here. Happy birthday. It's your birthday again today. Happy birthday. I mean, am I off on this? You watch the games. What do you think? No, I think if they are competent whatsoever, they shouldn't have a problem with Mac Jones and the Whoa. way that he plays. Whoa. Just being competent, they stop Mac Jones. I think so, yes. I would agree. That's why I thought this game was so big. Stop Mac Jones. They don't have Josh Jacobs. They do have Max Crosby. Judon is arguably better this year than Max Crosby. And I don't think better because Max has done a lot of other things better than Judon, but at that level there. But we talked about it before the show as we were prepping the show. New England special teams is elite. And you can win a game. You can win a 24-23 game on a special teams play. Yeah, I mean, didn't they do it against the Jets just two weeks yeah, ago? Exactly. That, that was a 3-3 game that until was the an last ugly play. ugly game. Ugly game in special teams 
were able to win it there. 702-365-9200. That was a really good interview. Great job that we booked him, and Greg Bedard came on and told you all about that. Let me get Mitch in New Jersey up. Mitch, thanks for waiting through the interview. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Uh, happy holidays. Happy you too. You too, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I'm already looking forward to next year. I don't need the pages. I don't need to be one of them last place. I think their offense is an average quarterback. Mm-hmm. I hope our defense line plays good. We got to win the game, but it's really for next year. Well, um, Mitch, I'm not on. I'm, Mitch, Mitch, I'm not on to next year. I have to do a show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a remote <laughs> all okay. next week and three weeks after that. So I'm not moving on to next year. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, but I, you, you were talking about rallies. I think we're gonna have rallies with, with uh, the Chargers in Kansas City because they're gonna be good for years. With such with those quarterbacks, I'm aware of that those will be the rivalries for years, and Denver's going to be better. You're not going to catch Denver ever, ever, ever have a year like this again. I can promise you, Denver's not going to be this bad, and they're going to turn it around. They're going to turn it around eventually. But the Raiders are trying to get to a standard, and I believe in that standard, especially with Dave Ziegler. I've talked to Dave off the air and on the air about what they're trying to do. I believe in it. I believed in Reggie. I believed in Mayock. I think that Dave's different because Dave come, came from a recent really high-level winning program. I think that Dave Ziegler took everything out of that Belichick building before he got the biggest job of his life, GM of the Raiders. I think he took everything out of the building and boxes in his mind when he left the building and said, oh, my God, this is how you do it. I'm going to convince Mark Davis in my interview. I'm going to take the job, and we're going to build the building blocks to do it. And now you just got to get better players in here, and I think they will. I think they're going to have a really good draft. I, I, I don't. They got money to spend in free agency. They got to make some really hard financial decisions, and they got to get the guys they paid already to get on the field. That's hard to do because that's been really tough this year. So all that's happening as they try to go and beat the Patriots. Vinny Bonsignor at the bottom of the hour. My favorite number is the number nine. Why is that? When I was in Little League. When I was six years old, I had the number nine. I wore it every year. Wore it every year. My whole life in Little League. The ninth caller gets four tickets to the Las Vegas Bowl. That's a pretty good deal. The ninth caller at 702-365-9200. Call us. I don't give away much stuff. I'm, I'm in a giving mood right now. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Resorts World Las Vegas. The newest property on the Strip. JT, back with you. Congratulations to Charles Perry, who were able to win those tickets to the Las Vegas Bowl. And you got to go. You got to pick them up and go to the game. Uh, My buddy John Sassenti putting on that game, the Las Vegas Bowl. Get it on. Coming up here on the 17th. What a weekend here in town. Uh, There's some big events coming into town. Fred Bolitnikoff. I want to spend a few minutes on Fred and Angela Bolitnikoff. Their daughter, Tracy, was tragically murdered well over a decade ago. It was a high-profile court case. It was a very disturbing story. And Fred and Angela put all their time and all their effort into Tracy's Place of Hope, uh, multiple opportunities and homes to take care of at-risk women. So I've been with them for a long time on this and had a chance to help in a small way, and I can do whatever I can on the radio to help them and been to their events and try to do my job and get donations up and try to talk to you about it. So I tweeted out the link to the silent auction. I'll tweet it out again today and tomorrow. And all you got to do is go on to the link and just donate some money. It could be 10 bucks, 100 bucks, $1,000. But what I would do is I'd go in there. They have everything from jewelry to signed jerseys to all these cool things from the Raiders and from Raider legends and artwork and all that. 
So get something. Get something for the value here. Get something for a Raider fan. Make a donation. You know where the money's going. It's going to the Bolitnikovs, Bolitnikov.org, and it makes a difference because that's why we're doing this every year. All the events that we do with Fred and Angela is to raise money, and now they're going to do it in Vegas and build the Tracy's Place of Hope, which we're really excited about. I'm privy to that information there that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun because you take a tragedy and then you see the good come out of it. One of the things I like to do with the groups that I work with and the charities that we work here, Coaches versus Cancer, the Bolitnikoff Foundation, whatever it is along the way, uh, Coach Ditka, we do a lot with Coach Ditka and Gridiron Greats, is I want to be involved and put my name next to something that's going to work. The Raider Foundation is a good example. Working for the Raiders to see their foundation and all the great things they do, you can see the hard work pay off. And in the holiday season, during the holiday season, you know, we just want to make you aware of that. So if you're not going to Paris, our great casino resort here coming up this Friday, uh, maybe you can make a donation. Go to Bolitnikoff.org or just go to at JT the Brick and Twitter and Facebook, and I'll have the link up there as Vinny Bonsignor is going to join us in a moment here. Really excited for this game. I'm hoping for a great performance. How many times have I said this this year? I have to think, really have to work my mind overtime to say, have the Raiders had a great performance this year? We know all about the backstory of the dramatic losses by 13 points or more. It used to be 17 or more. Two games where they had 17 nothing leads, one where they had a 20 nothing lead. Now they had a 13-point lead with the Rams, and you add that onto the pile, and it makes for tough sledding. So I think we're all waiting for that epic performance. And Kristen West Oakland said something interesting here with a play caller with as much success as we've seen over the decades in Josh McDaniels. We've seen Derek have big games really big games throughout his career. You would hope that Derek has got one or two more of those left in him here this season in Vegas. That's what you want to see. You want to hope that Derek has one of those. Th- what, what is a good performance for Derek? Anybody want to tweet at me or call in on that? What is a fair, really good performance for Derek? And I'll ask that to Vinny Bonsignor as we get Vinny up here. Vinny, I just said, and I'm thrilled to talk to Vinny Bonsignor, the great insider for the Raiders talk show host, what is, a, what is a big game for Derek anymore, Vinny? Is it 325, three touchdowns? Could it be 375 and four touchdowns? You covered every game this year. What are your expectations for Derek Carr with these final games? Uh, well, uh, part of that's going to be, um, could be influenced by getting Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro back. You know, those guys have played 43 steps together. When I say they, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr have played 43 snaps together this year. Um, that's like 5% of the Raiders' 840 or so uh, offensive snaps this year. So when we look at what Derek Carr has done this year and what a big game is for him, we got to remember uh, that this isn't really the offense that the Raiders envision. I'm not mm-hmm. making any excuses. I'm just saying that his numbers are going to be impacted by that. The Raiders' offensive numbers are going to be impacted by that. Uh, it, we, that's why I think it's really important the finish line, but also get everybody on the field together to, to kind of get an idea of what this offense can truly look like uh, when they have all of their weapons uh, out there. So uh, right now, you know, without those two, they've obviously had to do more of a run game uh, or utilize the run game more than they probably had anticipated. So a good game for, for Derek Carr under, you know, the scenario of not having Waller and run for probably is about 260 yards uh, a couple okay. of touchdowns, um, you know, complete a high percentage of the passes, but also have a, a sound running game 
uh, to rely on, which they didn't have against the Rams on Thursday night. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. So I heard you ask that question today to Coach McDaniels. I'll interview him tomorrow. And that's a very important point because you've covered football a long time. When someone comes off the IR who's a superstar, they're normally ready to play. I don't care who you are, running back, safety, whatever it is. Back in the old days, as you know, they didn't have short-term IR. So it is a benefit to Renfro and Waller that they weren't shut down for the entire year. And now they come out and they're ready to play and we hear about, well, they have to practice well. Okay, then I hope they have a good week of practice. Should we conclude that they're going to have a good week of practice or should we sit back going, well, we don't know how they're going to react coming off these injuries. That's hard for a guy like you who covers the team. Yeah, I think that you have to, um, I, you know, practicing well and practicing and being healthy uh, are two, you know, probably two different things. So uh, I don't have any, um, uh, you know, I think they're going to practice well as long as they're healthy, but them playing and them being ready to play on Sunday is, is literally going to come down to are they healthy enough to play? Did they respond well? Did their uh, bodies react well? Uh, to actually practicing full practices this week, which I assume that's what we're going to see on the uh, practice report, although we may see that they were limited today. We don't know. We don't get to watch practice. So Mm. in a couple of hours when we get the injury report, uh, we'll find out did they practice fully or or on a limited basis. Uh, And and to either one of those scenarios, then you have to figure out, all right, how do they feel tomorrow? How do they feel Friday? How do they feel on Sunday? So a lot of it's going to go into a lot of that is going to go into whether they get activated for this game or not. Vinny Bonsignor joins us. So, Vinny, I'm not spending any more time on the Rams game. We did that hard. I did the post game at SoFi. We did it all week. Now it's on to the Patriots. And that Patriots game against Arizona, they caught a huge break. When you when Kyler Murray is racing on the third play looking for a 20-yard gain and he has a non-contact injury, the Patriots were the benefactor of that. Colt McCoy wasn't going to beat him, especially a Belichick defense. So they won that game with momentum. They play really good on special teams. They got two insane pass rushers here. What else concerns you about this game, or do you think the Raiders have upside because they can win in some of these mismatches? Yeah, um, you know, I think that the Raiders, from a talent perspective, um, you know, especially if you have Waller and Renfro out there, uh, are the better offense. Um, I'm not going to say that they're the better defense. I can't, I can't go there. Um, mm. You know, and it's going to be imperative that you protect Derek Carr. You mentioned the two pass rushers. That's going to be a factor. Um, but I think defensively they can hang in there uh, against this particular offense. Um, you know, but they have to put together a complete game. Um, and they have to, I would expect the playbook to be much more uh, varied, you know, now having a full week and then some uh, to prepare for the Patriots, unlike what they did uh, against the Rams. Um, but the reality of the situation is, they have to play smarter football. They have to play more consistently through four quarters. You know, they should have won that game on Thursday night. And if Jerry Tillery doesn't, you know, uh, knock the ball out of out of Baker, Baker Mayfield's hands, if Lee Thurl doesn't, you know, uh, line up offside, they probably do win that game. And that's really what it came down to. And that's what's so frustrating that you could play as solidly as they did, even with a limited playbook uh, or a vanilla playbook on a Thursday after a Sunday game. They should have won that game, and they shot themselves in the foot with bonehead plays. Vinny Bonsignor, as we wrap it up. So, Vinny, where does Josh Jacobs stand historically? We know with Marcus Allen, you know, it's going to be tough for him to go over 2,000 yards, but there are games left here. The pinky, the injuries being banged up, his workload. That's one of the big stories I can't wait for you to write on in the offseason. I'm sure you will, is 
the amount of touches that he took away from Zeus White and the other backs that came in. I thought they took too many backs and had too many in the running back room. But, hey, that's okay because Josh leads the league in rushing here. What can we expect from him in this game and down the stretch as he puts up his all-time uh, rushing yard number? Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, the, the Raiders were fortunate. You know, they caught a break this year because Josh Jacobs has, to date, stayed healthy. So there wasn't any place. Not only was he healthy, uh, he was dynamic uh, this year. So, yeah, they planned accordingly because they understand the running back position is volatile and they need depth there. Um, but they didn't have to use that depth because Josh has been so good and so healthy. And that's, you know, important uh, to keep in mind. So if he's able to stay on the track that he's been on, um, you know, uh, you're looking at, you know, maybe 1,400 yards or so, 1,500 yards, probably even more uh, if he stays healthy over these, over these last four games. So uh, it's been a great season for Josh uh, Jacobs. Obviously, uh, he's probably uh, playing his way into a longer future with the Raiders, and if not here, he's certainly earning himself a lot of money uh, somewhere else. So uh, it's been a great year for, for Josh Jacobs. I'm sure, though, uh, Josh Jacobs would trade – uh, a few of those hundred yards, uh, a few of those you know thousand thousand plus yards that he has for some more wins because I know that that's how he's wired. So as great as it's been individually for him, uh, I, I know for a fact uh, that that you know he's disappointed in how the season's gone in terms of the record. I know a lot of guys are. Vinny, I'm very excited about this game as a season ticket holder for what we do. I can't wait for this game. When it came out, I was thrilled to just go to it because it was going to be a Sunday night game. It was flexed. What's one other story you can hint towards us, tease ahead, that you're looking at this week with the magnitude of the importance of this contest? Yeah, for me, um, and again, uh, we've kind of talked about it, but, you know, uh, two things. Number one, how they bounce back from uh, the loss on Thursday. Um, you know, it's, it's important, uh, as far as I'm concerned, for the Raiders to truly play through the finish line. Mm-hmm. I know you hear a lot of people talk about playing younger players and all that, uh, but right now the goal is to go 9-8 and eight this year. That's the best that they can do, and that's what they want to do at this point. Um, and, and so how they do respond mentally, do they come out uh, and respond accordingly? Um, and we'll, we'll, we're going to find out all together whether they do or not, uh, but above and beyond that, I want to see what this offense does look like uh, with, with, uh, with Waller and, and Runfro out there. We'll, it'll be a couple more days before we figure out whether or not they will be out there, uh, but hopefully they are because I think it's important moving forward, not just for these last four games, but for next year as well to get a look at what this offense looks like. Vinny, what are you doing with your proud partners this week coming into a big home game against New England? Yep, absolutely. We will be at uh, the Rockstar Bar and Grill on Saturday night. Um, I know a lot of Raider fans, uh, you know, have some crying to do, and we're we're the shoulder that you guys can lean on. Uh, We always are. Uh, We know it's been a tough season for for Raider fans, and we get that. Uh, But, uh, but, you know, come join us over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill, brought to you by Bajador Tequila. Uh, and, and, and so we can we can talk things through and uh, get you guys ready for a big game on Sunday. Thanks so much, Vinny. I'll see you this weekend. Thank you, too, JT. They're Vinny Bonsignor. Appreciate having Vinny on. He joins us every week. That's very kind of him to do. A part of our Insiders Network here. The best insiders are on this show, noon to two. And we add to it every year. We like to put more and more on. 
Uh, Levi Edwards this year. You look at some of the new names that we have. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black, added this year. And we just love the opportunity to talk to the people that cover the team inside the press conferences and go to practice. Very important eyes and ears for us here. As my show's in the middle of the day and I can't attend most of that here from time to time I can. And I'll sit down with the coach tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to this interview with coach tomorrow. Because I want to talk about the Patriots. I've been waiting to talk to them about it all year. And it's right here in front of us. You'll hear that coming up. We'll probably play that on Thursday. Because Friday, I'm at Resorts World. In the back of Resorts World is Red Tail. It's an interactive sports bar. Really cool. Got a lot of games. You can play beer pong. You can do everything from video games. You can cash your winning bets in there. Screens all around the place. It's going to be a lot of fun. Noon to 2 are brought to you by Remy Martin and Modelo. And that's going to be a fun turnout there. And then I'm going to head on over after that and go to the Bolitnikoff Crab Feed of Paris. So it's going to be a great Friday. My wife and I, we have friends in town for this to help out Freddie and Angela. So it's going to be a good weekend. Don't know what I'm doing Saturday yet. And then Sunday, thought we were going to have the late pregame show around 3.30 for the night game. Now about 11.30, 11.15, which is fine. It is a privilege and an honor to be at the Torch. Come see us at the Torch. When we come back, I will take a breath and wrap up the show. Maybe another phone call or two. I was telling Danny, very disappointing. We gave away those tickets to the ninth caller, and then the 15th and the 30th caller called in. They didn't win. It was like, they don't want to talk to me. They yeah, don't want to talk to they, me. They, they, didn't they don't want to be on air. To, they don't want to talk to me. They just want the tickets and the T-shirts and the cups, which is fine. Maybe someone will want to talk to me before the top of the hour. We'll guess. We'll see. Coming up next. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. Yes. Thanks, Danny. Happy birthday. I love loud music. I love loud rock and roll music. Love anything you'd like to hear in the J-Lot for the Black Hole. This is my buddy Cisco Gorilla Rilla. Got a nice text from Gorilla Rilla. Who's better than Gorilla Rilla? You know how much time and passion and energy Gorilla Rilla puts into this team, the travel, the budget, everything that he does. So we appreciate him. We appreciate Cisco who comes to our events here. And we appreciate the Black Hole as I am the first member in the Black Hole Hall of Fame. That hangs on my wall in my home. I always think of Rob Rivera, one of the founding partners who passed away too soon. They have their Wind City launch party, the Black Hole After Dark. That's at the Sahara Theater coming up December 17th at 8 p.m., until dark and black hole parties, I'm telling you, they go late into the evening. If you want an experience with the Raider Nation, a big experience, and have that type of inside experience with real Raider fans, go to the Sahara there. Have a great time there. The black hole will be there. I hope to try to get by there too. Uh, we got some big events going on also this weekend. You heard what Vinny Bonsignor said about his event, but the Sahara Theater is a great spot. That's where my buddy Michael Shapiro and Reckless in Vegas uh, plays often, and they put on these unbelievable events. And uh, hopefully he's listening. I want to congratulate Mark Chinook with the Golden Knights, and he's the in-house entertainer and entertainment with Sibley Skulls who do that at Raider Games. Mark Chinook had his Monday's Dark, the ninth annual celebration at the Palms. I was watching online Man, what he does in this community is fantastic. I got a lot of good friends in this community who do a lot of charity work. Also, my friend Chet Buchanan, my neighbor, is sitting up and raising money with bicycles. 
here in town, too. And I just want to say congratulations to Chet Buchanan and everything that he does in this town. He truly is a pioneer when it comes to charity work in this town. Uh, we got a, a good soundbite here at Char- Charles Barkley last night. So I do a show four nights a week on Mad Dog Sports Radio from 6 to 9 p.m. So I have TNT on, and that's the Lakers and the Celtics. But before that, it was the Warriors in Milwaukee. Warriors got smacked. Warriors, I don't remember a team that cared less about a regular season than this version of the Warriors. It's kind of sad because Steve Kerr and Steph Curry have a level of excellence, which is brilliant. They are so checked out in the regular season. They could care less. You couldn't care less than the Warriors do now about a regular season road game. They're like laughing at that. They do boat parades. They do these big parades in San Francisco. They win championships. So after that, I watched the Laker game. The Lakers had one of their biggest collapses I've ever seen. They were up big, 13 with under five minutes to go. And then Jason Tatum took over the game like Kobe Bryant. He had a Kobe Bryant performance in that building. They couldn't stop him. So after the game, I tune into Charles Barkley on TNT. My friend Charles must see television. Here's what Barkley said. Sum this first half up for me. The Lakers, the Lakers stink. Yeah, we y'all, they y'all forcing us to show them all the time, like they're gonna be good. Y'all is it they, Ernie? They, no, the NBA. Oh, okay. It's a conspiracy, uh, and then we got all these clowns on television have to talk about them every day. A the conspiracy? Lakers, it's a conspiracy. Like we have to talk about the Lakers. The Lakers are awful. We don't talk about no other 14 seed. Uh, well, sorry, they're not a 14 seed. They're a 12 seed. <laughs> we don't talk about what's the 12 seed in the East. We don't ever talk about the Washington Wizards, do we? Ever. <laughs> do we ever mention the Washington Wizards, the great Bradley, Bradley Bill? No, but for some reason, these morning talk shows and us, we have to show the Lakers all the time. The Lakers stink. Easy. Okay, I'm, I'm fine. It's the last time you're going to see him this year. No way. It is. This year, this is December. This is. (laughs) (laughs) You big dummy. (laughs) American Express teammates. Well played, Ernie. As we we Well played. How good is that television? He's taking a shot at the morning shows, the car wash shows that talk about the Lakers all the time. And why do we talk about the Lakers all the time? They're in the number two media market. And they have LeBron James, who's the greatest basketball player other than Michael Jordan all time. That's why we talk about him. And they're very dramatic. When they lose, they lose dramatically. When they win, they have three Hall of Famers, three elite Hall of Famers. Anthony Davis is second to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's had a much better career than Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook's career is incredible. And then you have LeBron James, who's going to break Kareem's scoring record. So they're not going to take the Lakers off television because of the record of all-time scoring, which I believe are big records. A lot of people don't care anymore. My son's age, both my sons, if I just sat them down, they love sports, and if I said, hey, who scored the most points in the history of basketball? They both know. They play NBA 2K. They know who Kareem is. If I said, who has the most hits of all time? They both met Pete Rose. They know Pete Rose. But if I said, who had the most strikeouts of all time or who's had the most this or that? They wouldn't know. This new generation, we grew up with records the rushing record with Emmett Smith. Anybody know what the number is? Anybody? No, you don't, because it's not important. Right? Most games played in baseball, Cal Ripken. But you look at all these records that we grew up in, it's not get off my lawn. It's just the fact that this younger generation doesn't care anymore. They care about the personality of the athlete. That's why young kids who are 14, 15, 12, they have multiple jerseys. Right? They don't have one team. Some kids are diehards, but most kids... They have their phones, they have their video games, and then they have four jerseys. 
They like four different players. And if Zion's playing well, they like Zion. If Ja's playing well, they like Ja. And they, they'll switch and move around because kids today can get information so quickly via Twitter or social media in seconds, not days. So I have a newspaper in front of me. It gets delivered every day. Every day my happiest part of the day is walking my dog, coming home, having the newspaper, having a cup of coffee, and reading the paper. My kids, they laugh. They've already read the paper in their mind because they looked at their phone. And anything they wanted to read was right in front of them instantly here. But what about records? What about teaching your kids about records, history, legacy? And I can tie that up with the Raiders. One of the things that my sons have learned being around the Raiders their entire life is they see they see Jim Otto. They meet Mike Haynes. They know Eric Allen when they come up to the, to the games. And I try to teach them about legacy. Legacy is what I'm trying to teach my sons. Hey, man, learn about the past. Keep looking at YouTube. But the other day I told them to look at YouTube because we were comparing quarterbacks. I mentioned Warren Moon. And I said, hey, bring up on YouTube Jim Kelly. And one of my sons said, who? I said, Jim Kelly. He knew he was from the Hall of Fame, but he never saw him play. And there was a Jim Kelly highlight reel about seven minutes on YouTube. And they watched it, and they looked at me. He's like, wow. Yeah, that, that's all out there. But kids now want instant gratification. Instant gratification, and they get it on their phone. They get it with Skip Bayless. They get it with Charles. My sons love watching two-minute clips. And I'll get up in the morning, and I'll come down, and one of them will be laughing in the kitchen table because they're watching Stephen A. Smith yell about something. And they only have two minutes of it, and now they think they know sports for the day. Hey, can I get a Golden Knights goal after that victory? Danny, that was a hell of a game. I don't care about the score. I care about the victory and the fact that they did it on the road. The right, it goes rink-wide. Deflected pass got to Stevenson, right corner. Up top, near a man off to the left. One-timer, he scores! Marcia so power play goal! 5-4, Golden Knights. Jonathan Marcia so with his second power play goal of the period. 14 goals on the year for Marcia so and the Knights have their first lead since it was 3-2 Vegas late in the second period. That was a nice comeback. Dan Duvon, the call there, was supposed to have a Golden Knight player, a broadcaster, maybe tomorrow or the next day. So a couple of housekeeping items. Tomorrow, Thursday, noon to 2, we have Tom Curran on, who's the elite Patriot insider, and we had a good one on today, and Greg Bedard. We have Romo Cop, Bill Romanowski on tomorrow. And the Raiders just texted me because there's some men of the year who have been nominated. And maybe they're going to have one for us. So we, we really want to thank the Raiders for providing us to guests like they did today in Richie Incognito. Thanks to Bill Williamson, who jumped on. We really appreciate that. And go support all of Vinny Bonson, and yours partners here as he came on, kind enough to do that with us. Hey, please come join me Friday, noon to 2. If you can get to Resorts World, you should be able to. If you're coming from Henderson, you're coming from Summerlin, anywhere on the Strip, we'll be there. Red Tail, noon to 2. And I think that'll be a fun show. Got some good surprises there, giveaways, shirts, all the stuff that we give away at remotes. Uh, Danny, happy birthday. Have a good one today, man. Really hope you enjoy it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day.